0: Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how are you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Fantastic. Um, This podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Uh, before we begin today, we wanted to thank all of you for your help and support of this podcast. As of last evening, we had officially 646 downloads since inception, and we're thankful and grateful for that. Um, and in fact, some of these pa- downloads have been international, so we've seen some downloads from Ireland and from the UK, so thank you for all our international listeners as well. Um, if there's a topic you want us to cover, please email us at financialdads at or please post up to our Facebook page at financialdads.com. Uh, today we're going to discuss um, in detail uh, granular weekly budgeting. Um, I guess I refer to these as micro-budgets, um, all the things that you need to do in terms of haircuts and school trip spending money, etc. Um, and we keep an envelope of petty cash in the house in bulk. Uh, Jody, what, what is your view on on the, I'll call it micro-budgeting, or what would you call it in terms of... Of uh, granular weekly budgeting, what, what's the best terminology for this, and how do you guys handle it in your household?
1: Yeah, I am the granular budgeter. i <laughs> I think I've talked about this in, in previous episodes. I have an Excel spreadsheet that you would make your eyes crossed. <laughs> it's It's broken out by week across the top, you know, with dates. So it's every every Friday we get paid, every other Friday my wife gets paid, but it's, so it's every week uh, across the top, uh, fifty two weeks of the year. And then down the left-hand side is is all the inflows and all the outflows, and it's down to a micro level, down to the three dollars a week that each of my kids earn taking out the garbage and doing household chores. Um, it includes everything from kid expenses. It, it, obviously, the big the big items like the mortgage and the utility bills and all that other big monthly stuff, but it goes right down to, like I said, the 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 kid chores, the kid expenses putting cash in my wife's wallet every week so she doesn't have to swipe for every little thing that she needs to go out and buy, haircuts, you know, the landscaping bill, I mean, you name it, it is in there. Uh, And that's because I have this no surprises kind of a philosophy. I like to budget for absolutely everything and make sure that nothing can come out of the blue. And something is always going to come out of the blue. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. but. Nothing major is going to come out of the blue. That's even more than five bucks, right? That's going to throw my budget off. Um, and and I go so far as even taking that budget spreadsheet and then rolling it forward by two years all the time. Um, so, you know, right now I have a 2019 yearly budget spreadsheet that's, like I said, down to the penny. Um, and then I have that same budget spreadsheet adjusted for 2020 and for 2021. So I know right now what I'm going to spend this week, two years from now, paying all my bills. I know precisely how much money is going to be in my checking account, or at least should be in my checking account. The whole idea is, in addition to me being extraordinarily OCD um, and, and just not wanting any surprises, is that gives me a detailed view of where we are Where we're going to be in six months or a year or two years, where we want to be in six months or a year or two years, um, and then setting up goals that we can actually achieve. Goals that are real. We'll know exactly where and when we are able to achieve them by looking at that spreadsheet and then making sure that we're executing that plan. You know, that's a plan. That spreadsheet is is a contract between my wife and I. And we look at that and we say, here's what we're going to spend this week. Uh, Anything that's not on this page, we're not spending. If something comes up, of course, we come back to each other. We go, ah, that thing came up. We got to spend for that. We got to spend for that. Because like I said, there's always going to be a little surprise in there. The idea is to reduce, minimize, eliminate to the degree that you can those surprises in order for you to, to win with money and to make sure that you're achieving the goals you want to achieve. Um, I would also make the analogy that that approach that I take is kind of like a weight loss analogy, even though I can't lose 20 pounds to save my life. Um, you know, when you, when you get one of those weight loss apps on your phone and you put your goal into the app, you say, I want to weigh this much. The app will compute and say, okay, if you lose this much per week, you'll get to your goal in six months or it a little, the one that I use, you know, gives you a date. Say if you do this, this, and this. It will um, you'll 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 reach your goal by this date. That's the approach that the that I take to the Excel spreadsheet and the budget, the micro budgeting that we do. Um, you know exactly when you're going to hit each of these milestones every week, every month, every year. So then you can execute those plans and you can get to where you want to be.
0: Yeah, that that's a huge um, advantage. I think that you guys have. I, I still, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, right? I still budget at the macro level, Um, so kind of I have an idea, and probably a good idea uh, of where the money's going, but not to the degree you have, right? I think there's a distinct advantage to the way you do it, although I believe it probably takes a level of rigor that my household uh, won't get used to. Um, For us, we use a couple of different tools for the micro-spend or granular spending. Um, We are doing a petty cash envelope that we backfill um, you know, every month uh, with, with cash for needful expenses like the haircuts or uh, the occasional child care, field trip money, any situation where cash is needed. Um, for the birthday parties and such, there's a concept of a lot of group gifts and stuff that when the, my daughter goes to birthday parties now, and it's the same thing with my son, um, using Venmo and some of these other online payments, and we're using Venmo specifically because it allows us to put everything to our credit card. And then from a credit card perspective, we use the joint card to handle all the day-to-day transactions. So if my wife has to go to CVS to pick up a prescription or pick up something from there, or I have to go to the store, um, we're doing it that way. Now, I know we've talked about in the past that should be flipping from credit cards to debit cards. Um, I will go on the, uh, go out on a limb and say that and this is always a dangerous topic uh, or discussion point, I'll never win, that the credit card allows me to track things and, and keep the household going. Um, but I probably do spend more. And so does my wife on the credit card than we normally would. So I really do like the way you do things, Jody. I just wish I had the the rigor to do that and to kind of start that. I just don't know if um, I'd be able to, to get that over the goal line in my house. Um, how do you keep to that Detailed um, analysis. How do you keep to that to that uh, structure each and every week and month on month, year on year? It seems like you have a really good handle on it. Does it get easier over time once you kind of have it set up?
1: I, th- I think it has got easier over time. I've done this type of budget spreadsheet for well over a decade. Um, it started. Uh, it, it started by just needing to track. Um, big, big items, you know, like the, you know, the, the, the house payment and the the utility bill and all those kind of things. Because if you're not writing all that stuff down, you're just kind of rolling the dice. And there were one or two experiences that I had going back, you know, to before I started tracking my budget this way, um, where I, I had a couple of near misses one of George Carlin's favorite lines, Mm -hmm. but I had one of the, you know, (laughs) one of those near misses where I almost didn't have enough to pay the house payment that month. I was like, Oh, Whoa, hold on. How did that happen? And after the first time, the first time it happened, you're like, ah, I got out of it. it's fine. It's fine. Right. That's a natural human reaction. I think the second time it happened, I was like, wait a minute, this is a problem. If I don't, if I'm not on top of this, I'm going to screw up something really bad sometimes. So I started writing it down just the big ticket items, Um, and that grew over time into, and again, this is tapping into my, and I don't want to insult anybody who truly has OCD. you know, I make that joke, but I am, I am hyper detailed. Um, when it comes to these types of things, you know, I need everything in its place. I'm the guy who sits down at the, at the dinner table and I put the glass here and I put the fork there and I, you know, I'm all that kind of stuff. But, um, I became very hyper-detailed about the budget. I brought that personality trait over to the budget and I started writing everything down. And it's actually kind of addictive when you start doing it. It's like, well, what do I spend? What do I spend here? What do I spend there? And then it's this game of math as you move across the spreadsheet over time to say, am I in the black here? I'm in the black next week and next week and next week and next week. Wow, look, I'm in the black the entire year. This is amazing. And then I guess that, that feeling washed over me and I went, wait a minute, I'm in the black the entire year? I've got nothing to worry about the entire year, as long as everything works out the way it's supposed to work out on this spreadsheet. Now all I have to do is make sure that I control what happens in my life to make sure the money's coming in and the money's going out on this schedule. And that was sort of this epiphany moment for me, to look at that and say, everything's okay. Everything is gonna work out just, here's the evidence, here's the factual blueprint, this Excel spreadsheet that everything is gonna work out fine, through the entire end of the year and all I need to make sure that I'm doing is that I'm earning the money that's on this spreadsheet or more and that I'm paying the bills that are on this spreadsheet or less end of story
0: yeah I think end. that's oh sorry I didn't mean to interrupt
1: yeah and then and then you're able and then you're able to do th- fun things like you know ooh can I put aside you know, I'm putting aside fifty dollars a week into my savings account. Can I make that seventy-five? Can I make that a hundred? Can I make it two hundred? You start game. You start to play this game, right? And you gamify this thing, and it it becomes addictive, and it becomes engrossing, um, to the point where I check my br- budget spreadsheet once every morning, literally, just to look at it, and I check my checking account once a morning, mostly because I want to make sure there's no fraud on it, but um. You start checking it all the time. You're like, OK, we're still on track. We're still doing it. It's still going to work out right. Look at this. The end of year, we're going to be here. And next year, we're going to be here. It's just this It's just this sort of amazing, oh my gosh, moment that I had um, that has infected in a great way our financial life.
0: Yeah, I have to say that now that I'm thinking about it more thoroughly, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Um, I, I still do a lot of the things you're talking about at the macro level, right? So I have a, a spreadsheet, I call it the family spreadsheet, and I have all the granular details in there, but I do not I do more estimating. So I know that we're gonna have to get X amount of haircuts in a year, and I have line items. And, and like you, I get a comfort level from looking at that spreadsheet. In fact, all the numbers in that spreadsheet feed into a um, kind of a, a balance sheet type thing, right? So it takes your assets versus your liabilities and gives you your net worth. And I found that calculator um, to be very helpful. And, I, and I'm and i the same way as you. Sometimes I just open up that spreadsheet to stare at it because we're lucky enough and gra- and I'm grateful enough um, to be in a position like yourself where we're in, we're in the black, right? We're not, you know, we're trying to do the middle class thing. We're trying to do the right thing. We don't are not overly extravagant, so we are able to have a simple, fundamental uh, component of financial stability in our lives that that allow us to kind of smile, right, and have that comfort level. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, we have another spreadsheet that I use on a monthly basis that splits the uh, monthly finances up, but we track everything in there as well. And and I think that gives us a vision at the end of the year to see, okay, what was our average spend for the past year. On uh, our local utility or our phone bill or cable or whatever that is, and then I could take that and project that into the next year's budget. So I still think we're all along the same lines, Jody. It's funny how you mentioned that sometimes you just open up the spreadsheet to take a look at it. I do the same thing, and my wife laughs at me because that's like part of my joy is I will look at that family spreadsheet and I'll go to that tab which shows the different liabilities and the assets and stuff, and I'll be like, "Wow, well, you know what?" We're okay. You know, we're doing okay. And I think that's the best part about having uh, tabs, whether you're doing it at a macro level or a micro level, having tabs on your financials gives you peace and gives you a comfort level that you might not normally have. Because if you don't know where the money is or where it's going, um, you are going to feel a bit out of control. Would you agree? Uh, Not only
1: will you feel out of control, I think you will eventually hit a brick wall. Something's going to go wrong because um, things just naturally go wrong. Uh, and I think that when especially when it comes to money, there's always going to be something that pops up. Now, the, the game that I play, I use the word game, but the game that I play with my budget is minimizing the number of things that can possibly go wrong. And if you're able to minimize those or eliminate the number of things that can go wrong, you can then maximize the things that will go right And that's when you start to make progress with your money. That's when you start to be able to put aside more money for that new thing, a car, vacation, your wardrobe, uh, a new house, uh, improvements to your house, whatever that thing at college, whatever that thing is. You can't make progress on the stuff you want until you figure out how to control the things that the the outflows from your budget and the the things that are going to take away from that goal. Um, that, that's the approach that I take. And, 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 and going back to an earlier podcast, when we talk about, you know, I talked about how I went out on my own to, to start up a new business. You know, I couldn't have done that had I not known how much money I had access to, what bills needed to get paid and how much financial runway I had to start up a new business. Um, that, that I desperately wanted to start. I mean, if I don't think I would have done it, and I know for a fact that my wife would have been very, um, apprehensive about it and she probably would have put the brakes on it and I would have allowed her to, um, if I couldn't look at that spreadsheet and go, here's where we're going to be in six months. Here's where we're going to be in a year. Here's what's going to happen. Here's exactly, here's the plan down to the last grain. Um, so to me, the more you can eliminate, uh, Surprises, and the more you can control the inflows and the outflows, the better off you will be, and the faster you will begin to make progress with your money.
0: Yep, and and I agree, and I think what we're really focused on today, and we were touching upon a lot of different pieces, but we're really focused on these smaller items, these these sub-budget. So it's not the it's not the cable bill, it's not your mortgage, it's not your real estate taxes, it's the stuff that can get you kind of a death by a thousand spends, death by a thousand cuts, death by a thousand spends, right? So haircuts, drugstore visits, getting a candy bar, uh, the lattes at Starbucks, all these different pieces that come into play, eating out different nights of the week, if if you have to, stuff like that. I shouldn't say have to, um, if you choose to, right? Um, those are the kind of expenses that you kind of lift your head up and say, wow, where did all the money go? A lot of the money goes to those things because the other things are really known quantities, they're fixed costs and they're the same thing every month, your mortgage payment uh, within relative range, your, your cable bill, your, your mobile phone bill, all those things you know at, at the end of every month, um, like clockwork, you're going to have to pay X amount for this and X amount for that. but um, depending on you know these smaller expenses, you know these dinners or pizza, whatever it is, it's an unknown, it's an unknown bucket right so it's it's really something that you really have to focus hard on to make sure that you're able to get your arms around that granular micro expenditures that come up in your life on a on a monthly basis. one yeah, of the you're things totally
1: that- right that's and that's why we took the approach um starting only a couple of years ago. This is relatively new every week we put a hundred bucks cash in my wife 's wallet um because I had looked in uh, I had done that survey of you know of the of the checking account and I saw five dollars here, three dollars there, ten dollars there, twelve dollars there, and at the end of the week it added up to 250 bucks and I was like whoa problem. Now there were things in there that she still needed to buy, you know, and she was running around, you you know, you run to the drugstore and you grab this thing on Wednesday and that thing and whatever. So what we and I and I also didn't want to say to her, hey, you can't swipe that card anymore. I didn't want to be controlling in that way and say, hey, you can't spend money anymore. So what we agreed on was, okay, hundred bucks a week in your wallet. You get to spend that on whatever you want. And it's not, you know, save that money for your hair, save that money for the, you know, the nails or the whatever that's if you need to grab a cup of coffee, you know, or you go into the drugstore and the kids want a candy bar, or that you know, that kind of that kind of one off, those little swipes, like you said, death by a thousand cuts, those two dollar, three dollar, five dollar purchases. Take that hundred bucks, goes in your wallet spend it on whatever you want, whatever you need during the week that isn't somewhere else in the budget. And then, um, and it, and it's yours, no questions asked that way. You still have that little bit of financial freedom that, that feeling like it's not all being controlled yet by just limiting it to that $100 cash, you are controlling it. You're still controlling it within the, the budget. You're just not feeling controlled. And I think that's a really important thing to remember that when you're budgeting, On the one hand, you know, I'm I'm sitting here talking about micro planning. Um, You don't want that micro planning to strangle you to to make you feel so claustrophobic that you just want to give up. What you want to do is make sure that everything's accounted for in the budget. And if you, if you need to put in a line like I did for that just that couple of bucks in your wallet that makes you feel good and like you can go out and spend something just frivolously, fine. But it's cash and it's still controlled within the scope of the budget.
0: Yeah, that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that, once again, I could probably do a better job of that. But I think we're both going down the same road of making sure that we have our eyes on our money right? Whether it's at the macro level, micro level, depending how deep you want to get in the weeds in terms of, of managing those finances, um, just keeping an eye on it, on it, even at a high level, is well worth it, right? I think it's when people don't keep an eye on their spend at all is where, you know, and most, I think most people that I know are probably in that boat. They just, they don't keep an eye on the money. It's not a priority for them to to focus on looking at the budgets and looking at the money. And and, and I think that for us, uh, it's just something that we, we wouldn't be able to do, right? We I can never, like you with OCD and I think I myself included, I couldn't pull myself away from keeping a focus on the money, right? Trying to make sure that everything is going the way it should. Um, I'm gonna switch topics a little bit and get to the part of, you know, we have people listening that may be in a boat where they're not really not watching their money at the the micro level. So how do they get started? I know one of the things that I read a long time ago uh, by one of the financial gurus is for like a month or two, carry around a notebook. Now you can use a phone and keep track of every expense you do for 30 days or 60 days, right? And then at the end of that, take a look at it and see where your money went. And that'll give you an idea of where your starting point is. Jody, how did you start in terms of Getting this, I know you talked about it at the high level, you know, tracking everything, the mortgages and such. But how did you jump into, you know, getting a, a handle around how much you need on a monthly basis for all these micro charges?
1: Yeah, like I said, I, I started with that Excel spreadsheet on the big ticket items every month. But I think uh, even more simplistically, you just start by writing it all down. You know, write down everything that you've spent in the last thirty days. Not not just look at it in your checking account, but actually. Take out a piece of paper, write it down on your computer, whatever it is, but write it all down and tally it all up. Um, That's the first um, eye opener to how much you actually spend during the month. And you will have a gut reaction when you look at those numbers and go, whoa, there's 200 bucks I didn't need to spend or whatever. Um, The idea being is that's the first step to. Controlling and winning with your money is understanding your money, understanding where it's going. Then, and and what I talk about all the time is being intentional with your money. You can start to develop that habit of being intentional with your money first by just writing it down. and then after you write it down, you can start to categorize it. okay, these are the household expenses. Here's what I call consumption expenses, which is like you know the price of being alive, like food. And, you know, your water bill, your electric bill, your car insurance, all that stuff that's never going to go away until you do. Um, and then and then you can start to once you start categorizing them, you can start to prioritize them and then you can start to eliminate the ones that really aren't that important.
0: Yeah, I like that approach. And I think I call it the cost of doing business. Right. And and for me in my household with two incomes and with all the expenditures around the kids and all these micro expenses, um, that I call it the cost of doing business, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just the sunk cost of, you have to get your haircuts, you're gonna have to buy new shoes, you're gonna have to buy the food. All these different pieces come into play and you're gonna have to account for those nights where the family's tired and you just wanna order some pizza, right? So you wanna have that in the budget and, and be able to do that and keep an eye on all those different pieces, right? I guess another piece that kind of struck me and, and I think it it helped me in, with me and my wife and I think it would be with you guys as well, with you and your wife, um, building that trust and closeness in the relationship. Do you think this helps in terms of being on the same page with money and, and, and having the, the dual goal of, of making sure you're keeping track of all the, the dollars going in and out? Do you think that's helped in other areas of your relationship? Depends on the day of the week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, it does. Because
1: um, there's nothing worse than looking at your budget and trying to manage your money. And look, I'm going to pull out a Yoda here. Do or do not, there is no try, right? Um, you're either managing your money or you're not. Um, but I- I'll go back to a story that I've told before. You know, that the first time when I started putting down everything on the spreadsheet and you know, my wife and I had a conversation about something we wanted to buy. I even forget what it was. And she said, well, I need this this week or we need this this week. And it wasn't something like food or the kids' haircuts, one of those things. It was something purely uh, optional. And I said, sure, let's plug it in the, in the spreadsheet. And I plugged it in and the budget went red. And I said, nope, can't get it this week. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she, you could hear She was a little angry. Um That was the first conversation we had about we're going to get a handle on this money thing. Um, That was a few years ago. And, you know, we've got to the point where here's what we're doing. Here's what we're spending. Hey, I I went to I went to Target this week and I needed to buy X. Throw that in the spreadsheet. Fine. You know, and and we've got to a point where we don't have to we don't have to get crazy in advance about the spreadsheet. We know what's there. She's figured out her way to manage it to make it put it to make it work inside the spreadsheet. We obviously look at the spreadsheet together. Um, I look at it more than she does. But point being is that we've arrived at this place where now we are working together to make this spreadsheet work. And when we can look at the spreadsheet and go, hey, you know what next year we're going to be able to do that house project we want. It's grown to that point. It's got from hey, we can buy a new pair of jeans to hey, we can we can throw some significant money at the house that we've wanted to upgrade for four and a half years.
0: Yeah, that that's great. And I think for us and our relationship and my me and my wife, the ability to have a good handle on money has practically, let me use the word practically, eliminated or almost eliminated any arguments about money, right? There are certain key things in marriage where uh, people will, will argue about. And, and money is a big one, right? And if you could get number your one. arms around number that, one. Yep. If you can get your arms around the money situation, um, that will, you'll eliminate, you know, 30% of your marriage risk. I don't even know if I said that right, but you'll, you will be in a good spot. If you and your significant other can be on the same page with money through, through this type of budgeting, through discussing the money, through having a good handle on these pieces, um, and you don't argue about money cause you're both on the same page, most of the time, uh, you'll lead a good life. Um, it's a big component that a lot of people don't take into account is is the fact that you know money will give you that that sense of stability and especially and control. And if you if you know where your money's going and you have a good handle on it, macro micro level, you you will succeed. And I think your relationships will be healthier. So I think that's a big part of it.
1: Yeah, I think I think when you get on the same page with money, when you start to be intentional with your money, when you start to be intentional together, plain and simple, you get to have fun. You know, you get to do the things you feel like doing and put the energy into the things that you want to be putting your energy into, as opposed to, you know, digging yourself into an accidental hole every month and then trying to dig the heck out. It's just life becomes so much easier when you become intentional with your money. And it's just like anything else that you want to achieve, you know, running a marathon, losing weight, anything, you've got to do it. You just got to start, but start somewhere.
0: That's well put well said Jody. And, and I think in terms of a summary recap, I'm just going to kind of, in my mind, the biggest thing that I'm taking away today is probably be aware of your micro spending. I'll call it micro spending, those micro budget items, right? Because these small purchases can add up to some big numbers really fast that could get out of control. So really keep your eye on all these little purchases. What are some of the takeaways that you would say uh, uh, we, we, we covered today that, that, that resonate with you strongly?
1: I think number one is that um, everybody's budget is different, but everybody is similar in that you got to start by writing it down. By writing it down, it becomes plain and simple what you need to spend and what you can eliminate temporarily. Eliminate those things you don't need to spend on right up front so you start to make some progress. Then start to build that budget out to pull some of those optional things back in so you can start to have some fun in life. And the the other thing I would strongly recommend to people is if you're having trouble budgeting, um, I would would recommend maybe taking a similar approach to the one that I took, which was – You know, just taking that 20 bucks a week, 50 bucks a week, 100 bucks a week, throwing it in your wallet and using that for the the quickie spends, the the uh, um, spontaneous spends. And when that money's gone, it's gone. But you haven't upended your budget in the process. Um, That may also help you start to get better aligned on those micro spends of what you're spending and where you're spending it.
0: That's great. And thank you, Jody, for summarizing that for, for the audience here. Um, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you.